politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for everything that matters in the way it matters at the time it matters. And that time is now because we are out of time waiting. We cannot wait to save our life, liberty, property, and everything in between. Daniel Horowitz back here today for Friday. I wish it weren't Friday because I need two, three more days to end the week, but Alas, it is what it is. We spent a lot of time in the speaker's race, federal stuff. I'll give you a brief update, but I want to move back to the states, back to what we started the year with. The need to secure our our most literal life and liberty in terms of medical freedom, the agenda we had in the state legislatures. We got a lot of stuff introduced in a lot of red states, but we didn't get them passed. You're going to hear a lot of talk the next few days and weeks about a narrow Republican majority, the infighting. Well, you know, then what do you do about the Democrat-controlled Senate? Again, at a foundation, Republicans have more than 20 states where they control supermajority trifectas. How is it that in most of those states we still haven't permanently banned even mandates and uh, emergency powers the way they were used much less really get on to broad anti-discrimination for medical freedom, going after vaccines, things like that. So we're going to have a special guest, Aaron Siri, uh, a lawyer for a lot of people in the medical freedom movement for years, who's now ha- has a new project working on legislation and state legislatures, exactly what we were doing. If you want to join one of our teams, conaction.network, our red state Liberty Strike Force teams, Texas actually is having a special session on the border. We'll try to cover that next week. A lot of important things happening there on Monday, Tuesday, and one of them is a bill finally, finally banning uh, vaccine mandates and mass mandates. Uh, Hopefully that passes So we'll see what happens there. We'll get to that and more. I do have a very important piece up at the blaze making the case for changing primaries, at least for non-presidential elections, to representative conventions, nominating conventions. I'm re-upping that point that I've made for many years. I don't think there's anyone alive who has put put forth a more realistic plan to changing the party other than starting a new one, which I'm all in favor of, you need to change to nominating conventions. We will never win enough primaries. It's becoming a big problem. And again, it underscores the problem we have with a lack of numbers in the U.S. House. But but even in red state legislatures, we lack the numbers. Um, and that's how we've gone for four legislative sessions in most red states with nothing being done about COVID fascism and you know even the original iteration, much less... Uh, preventing future versions of it. Uh, So I want to get to that uh, after our brief speaker's update. We're sponsored today by our friends at Fume. That's F-U-M without the E. Look, a lot of people, especially if you do what I do, I do a lot of thinking, writing, speaking, pacing around my office. People tend to need to either touch something tactile, hold something, or eat something or drink something. So that, that often brings on bad habits, eating too much, unhealthy foods, sugary drinks, and smoking, things like that. Fume is a very interesting product because it allows you to channel your kind of physical need for touch or something in your mouth uh, with their innovative award-nominating device. 
Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. That's all it is. Very innocuous. And instead of harmful chemicals, it uses all natural delicious flavors. So it, it, it really, you have the feel, nice tactile feel, nice looking wood. Uh, it comes with a bunch of different flavors like raspberry, lemon, grapefruit. Grapefruit is great. Uh, tastes great. Feels good. It, it looks beautiful. It's something to fidget with. And it's really an interesting thing to transition from bad habits. So uh, stopping any bad habit is very hard. Switching to fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. So head over to tryfume.com. Use offer code CR to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfum.com. No E there. Fum.com. And use promo code CR for 10% off. Okay, so before we get to the states and medical freedom, just at a federal level, uh, we'll we'll know more next week. The big news is Trump endorsed Jordan. Um, look, I'm surprised at how quickly he did. I, I got to give him credit. I got to give Jordan credit. At least he got something in return. Typically, the relationship with Trump is a one-way street, so he actually got his, his endorsement. Now, remember, at the end of the day, you're going to hear 100% of the conservative movement, talk radio, you name it, come out in support of him. And it will look like he's going to crush it. But at the end of the day, it's an insular institutional fight that has to do with relationships. And Scalise has more relationships. I don't know what's going to happen. I could see it going either way. If I'm a betting man, I still think Scalise comes out ahead. Um, basically, just just here, here's where we are. So right now, I mean, Kevin Hearn is hanging out there. He might come to the forums, but he hasn't officially announced if I were Kevin Hearn, I would not announce and I'd wait until after the vote when it's deadlocked. So right now, no one's thinking ahead. It's, it is, the most likely scenario is that there's going to be some sort of bitter disagreement that there's going to be a need for more candidates. And that's where we need to be prepared. Right now, between Scalise and Jordan, look, it's untenable for any conservative for obvious reasons not to support Jordan. So they're all going to support him. All the Freedom Caucus is going to support him. He's one of their own on paper, and they're obviously going to support him. Uh, you got about, let's say, 40 in the Freedom Caucus. On the other end, you have 70 in the Main Street Partnership. That's the Rhino Group. Think about that. Almost twice as much as the Freedom Caucus. I mean, that that's how much we failed. I mean, unless Jordan somehow makes inroads, almost all of them, you got to believe, are going to go for Scalise. They're very leery of him. They're leery of the Trump link. And then the battle is going to be everyone else in between. And it, it, it's kind of a funny breakdown. Um, very funny breakdown. You're going to have all different people voting different ways for different reasons. You have the Trump people that are all into Jordan. You have the conservatives naturally, at least initially, will go for him. Um, a lot of the old bulls, most of them will go for Scalise. Most of the rhinos will go for Scalise. But then the McCarthy allies within the leadership establishment structure is more inclined for Jordan. Um, look, again, if Jordan wins, he wins, and everyone will support him. There won't be any conservative ability to not support him. The question is, will rhinos have the balls to do what Matt Gates did from their end? Will they say, he's unacceptable, we're not going to support him on the floor, and we, we need to negotiate for someone else? I don't know, and we'll find out. Um, if Scalise comes out ahead, my point is that I don't think Jordan is worth a hill to die on because I have concerns anyway, and I think 
possibly Kevin Hearn. I've heard very good things about him from the best members that we like. They feel they could work with him. Jim Jordan's been very much on message with Ukraine, and I think he's a great talker. And that is important. You we, you want a leader who are, will articulate our position. And he, I think Jordan is the best we've ever had doing that. And there is something to be said about that. Obviously, the problem I've said many times with him is that he's not the same man he was that we all wanted to run last decade. And like I said yesterday, the worst you can get is the lowest common denominator between Trump and the establishment, the Trump establishment. In other words, there's a guy who's an establishment, but at least he's not attached to Trump. So you don't have his electoral baggage and you don't have Trump's weight calling in stupid plays, often bad plays that we don't need. Or conversely, you could have a guy who's a real Trump guy, but they've shown a proclivity to fight when conservatism clashes with Trump, they'll side with us. For example, it can never happen, but let's say a Marjorie Taylor Greene or Matt Gates himself became speaker. I have full confidence that if Trump's like, you can't embarrass the vaccines, I'm like, no, we got to fight the vaccines. I give them credit for that. Or, for example, if you get to a a government shutdown, Trump believes the establishment talking point that shutdowns hurt hurt Republicans. I don't want that on my record. I don't need that. It's going to harm my election. Uh." You know, he could do that. Jim Jordan is straight Trump. But he's also gradually becoming establishment in many respects. I want to play a 37-second clip here from Garrett Graves, Representative Garrett Graves from Louisiana. He is McCarthy's top lieutenant. For, for, For those of you who don't know who he is, he was the lead negotiator on the debt ceiling um, depravity that led to the greatest increase in debt ever, the quickest increase, and in, in everything we're dealing with now, it was Garrett Graves. He is the top lieutenant. I want you to listen to what he told uh, CNN yesterday about Jim Jordan. Um, Jim Jordan came to Congress before I, I started and had been there a number of years. And the number of members of Congress that said that the Jim Jordan of 2010 or 2020 is a night and day difference to the Jim Jordan of 2023. Um, and there's been a lot of change and, uh, I guess, maturity in the way that he's approached things. I think he's a great communicator. And I think that Jim is um, is, is absolutely a viable candidate. I think, that, I think that Steve's a viable candidate. But more importantly, I think one of the things we need to be doing is, is really focusing on the stability or structure of the job, the position of Speaker of the House. Okay, folks, so you heard that. He's not the same man he was in 2010, even 2012, uh, 2020, I mean. He's changed. He's gotten more mature. Look, I mean, you got to judge someone face value on what they say and do. I don't like this, like, you know, okay, he support. It's a lot of people supporting, not supporting for all different reasons, like I said. But just keep in mind, let me just end with this. If I am wrong... And ultimately, Jim Jordan comes out with more votes than than Scalise. That in itself is a red flag because that will tell you he's come full circle. I'm sorry to say it, but, you know, we are you don't realize how outmanned and outgunned we are. Everyone's going to think, oh, it was Trump's endorsement. It's a secret ballot. okay? And it's an insular thing. Trump is not going to really have any influence on that. The ones that are already ruled by him are going to vote for Jim Jordan anyway. 
and the rhinos hate Trump. So for their own reasons, so they're not going to they're going to vote for Scalise. If all the institutional leadership guys or enough of them go for Jordan, that in itself will tell me a lot about where he's headed. Um, there's something wrong there. And and what you're going to get is a guy that's going to have a proclivity to give into the establishment. Uh, but also Trump is going to own him. And that, that is something that even if you're a Trump supporter you have to recognize that he's going to impose his stupid flaws. Like, you know, he'll tell Jim Jordan, we can't have a government shutdown. We can't have a government shutdown. So I'm very concerned about that. If Scalise comes out ahead, I, I th- then I am opposing saying, oh, we're going to fight for Jordan or nothing. No, the, the play call should be Scalise is unacceptable. We'll fight him on the floor. So therefore, they probably won't bring it up for a vote. And we need to be prepared with a third person that that would be more agreeable somehow somehow would be better for us but at the same time more agreeable to the rhinos who for their reasons don't want Jim Jordan and that's what i'm urging and i've made a lot of calls yesterday to friends that that will be voting and and that was what i told them but for now they're all going to vote for jordan it's understandable i get it um but just hear me out those are my concerns it, it, what 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 the Garrett Graves comments and the Trump quick endorsement shows is he is so 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 close to Trump, and he really is becoming very palatable to the establishment. And the worst thing we've seen ever is when Trump and the establishment merge. That's like the worst of everything. I'm not you know again you got to judge a person by by totality. I think he is a better articulator than anyone possibly running. I don't know if Kevin Hearn is so aggressive and articulate. I don't know. But again, this is a little bit more of a 3D chess move, three steps ahead, much more in depth than you'll hear from any of my colleagues. It's it's not so simple. Yeah, between Scalise and Jordan, I get it. But ultimately, it, it's most likely to be deadlocked in conference. So then what's going to be your second play? Stand behind Jim Jordan to the gates of hell. I think that's a stupid move for, for a number of reasons. So we'll, we'll, we'll take it as it comes day by day. But I want to get back to the main agenda today. Our next segment is sponsored by our friends at Patriot Mobile. You know, as we're flummoxed that we're like caught between a rock and a hard place. We don't know where to go. We don't have the votes. We don't have leaders. We don't have anyone who thinks straight. Republicans are retarded. Most of the voters are too, frankly. What we can do is take our own destiny in our hands where we do have parallel economies. Patriot Mobile is the only Christian conservative wireless provider that uses the same coverage, gives you the same coverage you get with the three cartel uh, companies, except they don't donate to China and uh, the abortion industry. They support the sanctity of life, family values, religious freedom, Second Amendment. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. You could call at 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation, free activation with offer code CR, so you don't have to pay a fee for that. You could use your same number, your same uh, phone, and it's that simple. Same deal, except you don't fund your terrible values. You fund good values, and they actually have English speakers you could talk to 
because uh, I mean the the mobile service is notorious for bad customer service. PatriotMobile.com/cr or call nine seven two Patriot. Free activation with offer code CR. So, folks, we have we have a lot of work to do. Here's a checklist for those of you who want to join our teams again: ConAction.network or freelance yourself. Make sure your state has a permanent ban on all COVID biomedical security mandates. I, I know it sounds crazy. Three and a half years later, you think what, there's a red state that hasn't. A lot of them have not. This means that all public and private. So a lot of those like, oh, we don't allow state agency. Well, that doesn't. Most people don't work for state agencies. All public and private mask and vaccine mandates. Hospitals. It's a big thing. This includes hospitals. Florida is really the only state I think that has banned them in hospitals. Mask mandates. So employment. Man, uh, 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 schooling, medical school, law school, certainly the universities, no vaccine mandate, no mask mandate, not in the hospitals either, not for hospital workers either. Um, done. Done. I, you know, again, a lot of people will say, oh, every red state has some sort of – it's not true. Most of them just the state government won't impose it. A lot of them allow the localities to still oppose. A lot of them allow the so-called private sector. And all of them have the hospitals that still can bring it back. Some on and off are still doing it. So that need, that needs to be gone. And hopefully we'll get that in Texas next week. And we do have a Texas team if you want to sign up for it. Rudy is our leader, uh, ConAction.network. Again, let's move on. Now, obviously, there's different gradations. Ideally, and we'll talk about this a little bit with Aaron, the more we learn about other vaccines, we should we should really, I mean, you should never, ever, ever, ever be able to force anyone. I mean, really, states should stop promoting the COVID shots and some of these other shots, and certainly the RSV shots. We need to ban them, and we need to work on that. But at least as far as mandates, full stop. Okay? It is never okay scientifically to suggest that person A who doesn't get an intervention somehow harms you, even if it's a good vaccine in your mind. So what? So go get it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. He can't affect you. Now, again, that's going to be a sliding scale, how much we can get. Ideally, you ban it in all vaccines. And we even in Florida, we need to fully fill that out. We don't have a full state that's done that. In Florida, they, they did all COVID shots, any situation, plus mRNA, plus EUA. The problem is they've gotten so brazen that the RSV shots, they've approved just totally straight up full licensure. So technically, it's not mRNA. Moderna is going to have one, but it's not out yet. The other ones that are out, uh, GSK and Pfizer, are for pregnant women for Pfizer, and then both GSK and Pfizer have a senior shot, and it's terrible how many people I see in pharmacies getting it. Uh, that is non-mRNA. That needs to all mandates need to be banned because once they go to regular adults and then children, they're going to put it on the childhood schedule. We need to really deal with that. We also need to make health status a protected class under anti-discrimination law. As again, as much as we can get, um, you have. I, I've um, we. we you know, it's going to be hard in most states to get it on the general election ballot, but some it might be possible if you do it in January to get it on the, you know, for this year. Some you need a whole other year. 
you got to check your state's law. We need a state constitutional amendment. The right of a person to refuse any medical procedure, treatment, injection, device, vaccine, or prophylactic shall not be questioned or interfered with in any manner. Equality of rights under the law or in the realm of public accommodation shall not be denied or abridged to any person in this state because of the exercise of the right under this section. That's the – I wrote that in Iowa, West Virginia. We had uh, South Dakota, North Dakota – a couple states, we need to get that constitutional amendment. So those of you who are listening who are, uh, you know, a representative or a senator, uh, reach out to me, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. We need to get that straight up, full stop. So no mandates and, and also no soft mandates like discrimination and public accommodation. Oh, you can't get a organ transplant. You know, y- you might not mandate it for work, but what if you can't get an organ transplant? You can't get a surgery if you don't get... And again, that should apply to all shots. You know, they're making people get the freaking flu shot to get an organ transplant. Obviously, we have the doctor, the protection of doctors. Florida passed that recently. That a doctor can't be penalized with loss of licensure or board certification for speaking out against vaccines or masks, um, for prescribing off-label FDA-approved drugs. Um, You know... We need to reform the complaint process against doctors, like we, we have that problem in Texas. We need to abolish states' immunization register. That's another thing we need to do. Uh, no good will come out of the state holding on to that information. It will be passed on to the feds. At a minimum, if, they, if we can't get to abolish it, we should at least compromise and require affirmative sign-off from the patient to report their status, you know, so you'd have to sign a waiver. Yes, I give permission to the state to put me in the system. Um, again, I mean, going back to COVID, still, 25 out of the 26, however you want to slice that, red states, still the health department is promoting mRNA and COVID shots. Latipo is the only one pushing back to this Day, I, I can't believe it. The failure. So we need you need to start getting the Freedom Caucuses, the states that have it, or the conservatives to write letters to um, the health department and the governor and say, how is it defensible? What more? How much more data do you need to find on death and injury and negative efficacy and spike protein damage to finally take these things? just at least recommend against them or stop promoting them. Um, certainly for pregnant women. Another thing we need a cause of action created to sue any hospital um, and possibly bring criminal charges against hospitals that deny any of the rights people have to allow uh, a visitor to the hospital to be an advocate for you to permit patients to access FDA-approved drugs off-label prescribed by a doctor at their own risk, at their own expense, and then obviously give every patient the right to refuse any treatment and to to ban medical kidnapping where they don't allow them to leave. Um, We need to ban remdesivir. I mean, even Florida has not addressed that to my knowledge. I mean, there are a bunch of lawsuits that, that are starting to move forward, um, surviving uh, the motion to dismiss, we'll have on someone from uh, Brad Geyer's legal group that's doing that next week. I want to I touch on that. Um, 
medical kidnapping via child protective services. We need child protective services reform. We did a whole show on that. Uh, even in red states where Missouri, we found this, Idaho, they're grabbing kids from families that don't vaccinate or, or question some of this stuff. This is a big problem. We need to get that on. Um, I have a whole bunch of whole bunch of other ideas. Uh, criminalized gain of function research. Florida did that. I don't think any other state has done that. We should ban states from endorsing other experimental shots. And we need to set certain criterion for that. We need to hold pharma accountable. In Arkansas, I had, I don't have the number in front of me, but we were promoted at the beginning of the year that basically um, anti-fraud laws. So if anyone is caught, if anyone is found to have died, the result of a vaccine where there was misleading information given, the manufacturer is held accountable. Kind of like what we want to do with some of the fentanyl laws that anyone who traffics fentanyl and then someone dies from that fentanyl. So that's not just a drug trafficking charge. That's that's some degree of murder. So we did have a bill with with that in Arkansas, and that's definitely something we want to do. Um, th- there's a lot of lot of things, and we'll 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 continue to go through them throughout the next couple months. But remember, there are states that you have to pre-file bills before January, and some have just a very narrow uh, deadline for their funnel deadline and the tra- uh, transition week over from the House to the Senate. There's a lot of different rules depending on the state, but my point is it's already October. Now is the time for us to to start working. And look, we have a lot of other issues we want to deal with, illegal immigration too in the states, uh, weaponization stuff. And now is the time to start working out what are our biggest ideas. I'm going to start working on piece of legislation. A lot of the good stuff we did get introduced to collate some of the best ideas from different members, different states, and then put them out to as many states as we can. And and, and this this is ultimately self-government. If we had the resources to really do this, what's going on in Washington should be irrelevant, basically irrelevant. Notice most of this. I mean, the whole like liability thing, the PREP Act, yeah, I mean, that's federal. But most of this can be dealt with. At a state level. Remember, never forget, at its core, COVID fascism was in the states. And that's where it can and should be rectified. Obviously, we have to get rid of the emergency powers. Some states have reformed them, some have not. That a governor should not have the ability to ever declare an emergency for more than, certainly no more than 30 days, without affirmative uh, buy-in from the legislature and moreover even during those 30 days uh, constitutional rights have to be protected you can't shut down businesses you can't shut down churches obviously the mass mandates we covered that already again you, you start thinking what was done and how egregious it is you'll see how woefully underperforming we've been in these legislatures for the last three to four sessions. So we're going to bring this back, but now we have some help with our next guest. 
So folks, Aaron Siri, we've had him on before, managing partner of Siri and Glimstead LLP, is really a superstar, kind of a, a utility player in this medical freedom movement, just doing a, doing a little bit of everything. Obviously, an extensive background in fighting for constitutional rights in general, uh, but particularly in the realm of medical freedom. But in addition to representing our friends at the Informed Action uh, Informed Consent Action Network, known as ICANN, and securing so much on the judicial side, I mean, they they, they just got uh, overturned for the first time the Mississippi vaccine mandate law that did not recognize religious exemptions. What about that for a red state? But now he's representing I can legislate a new 501c4 political arm of I can that's fighting in the legislatures to pass laws buttressing medical freedom. This is like my ver version of porn. I mean, this is what I was obsessed about for the last two years, fighting a lonely battle. And now we have a great partner, Aaron. Welcome to Blaze. And please tell us about this exciting new venture. Uh, th thanks. And thanks for having me. Um, yeah, we uh, we're very excited to uh, act as attorneys and, and work on behalf of ICANN Legislate. As you noted, it's an outgrowth of the ICANN, the 501c3. This is now the 501c4. You know, for ICANN, we, we did, you know, three broad things. We acted as watchdogs over the health agencies. We, you know, we have got over a thousand FOIA requests. We send them letters. We attend their meetings. Um, we also, um, that's number one. Number two, we seek to influence public opinion about these uh, mandated medical products because public opinion drives legislation, drives judicial decisions. It drives, you know, what, what happens out there in the real world. And we do that also through um, um, litigation, media, and so forth. And then finally, we actually seek to change rights. As you just noted, for example, in Mississippi, where for the first time since 1979, parents who have religious beliefs contrary to vaccination can now finally send their kids to school again. About 1,000 children are now in school who have not been able to attend school in Mississippi for, you know, for their entire lives up until this point. And, uh, you, know, we, we, you know, we brought lawsuits you know, supported by can to strike down COVID vaccine mandates in California and, 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 and secure rights for members of the military and so forth. Well, th that's the three legs to date. The fourth leg, I guess the one real big missing piece has been um, influencing legislation around the country that will also help secure the rights of individuals to make their own medical decisions without coercion and without bullying by the government. And uh, ICANN Legislate is the vehicle through which ICANN is now going to um, uh, bring that fight. I can legislate. Um, it, it, in some ways, it's a national outgrowth. You know, we have we got 60 folks at the firm, and, and over 30 of them pretty much just do vaccine work. And I think we have the biggest. I believe we have the biggest vaccine practice in the world that doesn't represent pharmaceutical companies. And so, you know, it, it, legislative representatives at the federal and state level already, be, mostly because of our ICANN funded policy work, reach out to us on all kinds of vaccine-related issues um, or medical products, masks, so forth. And so we were already engaged in a lot of that work kind of on the side. And now we've more formalized it in ICANN Legislate. Um, on the website, there's a number of model bills, uh, including uh, the, the, you know, that are helped secure freedom. And, and a lot of them, including the states where they've been introduced already or working to have introduced, there's a model constitutional amendment and there's also um, on the site something called the uh, a link to something called the Medical Liberty Pledge, 
This is a pledge that politicians, elected officials can take. It's one sentence. It basically says, I hereby pledge that I will oppose any law that seeks to uh, coerce or bully anybody to get a medical procedure that they don't want. It's been now signed by, I believe, over 350 elected or uh, officials or candidates across the country, um, including, you know, in some states, 30 to 40 members of the state legislature have signed the pledge so far. So we're very excited about um, um, uh, all of that and, uh, you know, ha- happy Medical to be doing that Medical Liberty work. Pledge. So again, you could go to I Can Legislate. Um, it's important to check it because that's a starting point to see which members are, are are good on this. Obviously, some states you haven't gotten to yet, so it doesn't mean they're bad if they're not on there yet. But But that's a starting point of which members to work with. Obviously, Aaron Siri's on Twitter, Aaron Siri SG on Twitter. Uh, he has a great Substack, Injecting Freedom. Also, those of you on an individual level who who have problems with litigation, freedoms, religious freedom, or vaccine injury, SiriLP.com is the law firm website. So, so like you said, I mean, you're all over the place. It's information warfare. It's judiciary. Um, but now legislation, too. Before I forget – because I, I want to focus on the legislation, but I do. I've been meaning to ask you. So much of the information we have on the Pfizer trials and what Pfizer knew and their documents and the extent of injury that they and the FDA knew about how early is from your work. Um, I'm just curious what the what the heck is up with Moderna? Is there any effort to get their stuff? Like that's a black hole. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, yes. Uh, and actually, uh, I, I actually can give you good news about that. So on the Pfizer that COVID vaccine, 16 and older, as you just noted, we brought a lawsuit um, in which we got a court order that required the FDA to release at the clip of at least 55,000 pages a month, all the documents that the FDA received from Pfizer and it relied upon to license the COVID-19 vaccine for those 16 and older. Um, that production should be done actually within a month or two from now. So we'll have all the documents, all the clinical trial data that the FDA relied upon. And then independent scientists can do a fulsome analysis, obviously, they need all the data sets. Now, as for Moderna, um, we actually also brought a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request, to require the FDA to release all the data it relied upon to license the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine. And again, the FDA put up a fight. Um, and this time around, uh, the judge actually ordered, and we, it, it took a lot, you know, a lot of fighting in federal court, that, they, that the FDA produced the documents the FDA relied upon to license the Moderna vaccine at a clip of no less than what comes out to effectively 180,000 pages per month. You know, last time around with the Pfizer documents, um, the, 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 uh, the FDA, the Department of Justice, reflected to the court there were about 350, 450,000 pages. Turns out there's like a million. So when the judge ordered 55,000, you know, he thought, I believe he thought that that meant everything would be produced by the end of last year. Here we are a year later almost, and and it's still being produced because it wasn't anywhere near that number. And in fact, we have, uh, we FOIA'd for the contract that the FDA um, uh, hired some, a third party to help review these documents, to make them public. And it showed that pretty much a year ago, they knew, the FDA knew, because they had it in their contract, in their solicitation bid, that it was around a million pages. But yet, 
let the judge, us, the public, all believe still that it was only around 350 to 450,000 pages. I don't think that that went over well. And this time around, uh, the, the order asked for a far higher rate. Uh, the order resulted in a far higher rate and also a hard cutoff by which it all must be produced, which is I'm sure that, that a lot of folks would like it a lot sooner than this, but uh, it's a little less than two years from now. Everything must be produced. So, um, you know, for those out there injured and harmed who want to see the data right away, obviously that's, it's, it, you know, it, it, it's still going to take time, but it's certainly better than the hundreds of years, literally hundreds of years the FDA wanted to fully produce this data. So thanks to you, we have a lot of this data, but we're living in a surreal time where it's like, yeah, this killed millions of people. Yeah, this you know affects every organ system. Yeah, the clinical trial data showed from day one, even their own concocted data, that you know the placebo group had had better outcomes and yada yada. Like, we, and now 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 we're ready onto the RSV shots, and nothing changes in terms of policy. So, what are your priorities in the states now, looking forward? That we're coming off of COVID. There's still lingering COVID sort of policies and mandates, especially in universities, hospitals, in particular, organ transplants. But then now they're on to the next thing. The RSV shots are just mind boggling what's going on there. What are the priorities we could push in the state that will upend this this churn of warp speed? To me, it just comes down to informed consent and freedom. At the end of the day, are you going to make pharma companies act responsibly are you going to make them do good clinical trials? Are you going to make them act ethically with regards to that data? Look at Maddie DeGarry. Are you going to make the FDA do their job right? Are you going to uncouple their, their incredible conflicts because of the revolving door between big pharma and, and, and the regulators? Are you going to uncouple the conflict at the FDA because more than half their budget comes from pharmaceutical companies? Are you going to uncouple the conflict that exists because they're literally statutorily mandated to promote and, and push vaccines out? Uh, My point in all that is to say you're not necessarily able to fix all these problems, but the last stop on that train of horribles is your ability to say no. Is your ability to say, you know what? I don't want a product where I can't sue the manufacturer for injury. When, when you, when you make the manufacturer liable so they can, they stand behind their product, then I'll inject it into my kid's body or my body. I don't want a product that had a clinical trial that was only, had a few days or weeks of safety review that didn't have a placebo control. We should be free as Americans to say no without any coercion, without any, 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 any negative consequences. So to me, well, the agenda that we have is the important thing to fight that, 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 that we, that, that we, that, you know, on behalf of ICANN who supports it, that we wage is about securing rights. Everybody who wants a vaccine, they want an RSV shot, they want a COVID vaccine, they want to wear a mask. Listen, it's America. That's freedom. You should be able to get as many as you want. But for those that don't, they should not be kicked out of school, kicked out of jobs, excluded from civil society. So the bills that we focus on, and, um, you know, since we're talking about I can't legislate, on the model bill section, you know, there's seven bill, there's uh, six bills there right now. There's a seventh one being added. They all focus around that same theme. You want a vaccine? Go for it. But if you don't, nobody should be able to coerce you, bully you um, um, into getting one 
Um, so, so that's that's the focus. So the bullying thing—that's what I wanted to touch on. This is this is the problem I'm finding, um, and I'm just looking at an article from LifeSite News here. They they report on uh, this lawsuit with Remdesivir that's that's going through in Michigan, where it survived motion to dismiss. And, you know, so even though they're covered by the PrEP Act for the garbage product itself, but the garbage is full of garbage, there's questions of of impurities, glass particles in there, and they're being backed by the Chamber of Commerce, which which tells you why. Here's what I found working with the legislature's last few years, and and I want to get your response on each element of it. So there's the Democrats and Republicans. The Democrats, I'm finding, is impervious. It, it's like a, it's become a. It, it didn't used to be this way where it was partisan, but now it's a hundred percent. It's a religious belief. It's it's like a religious item. It's part. It's almost like their support for abortion. It's it's kind of like on par for that. It's or you, Ukraine funding. This is one of the things. Nothing will budge them. And then you go over the Republicans. So there's about 25 states where Republicans have super majorities. Um, often overwhelming where there's really only Republicans to deal with. But then I know you're operating in West Virginia, for example. But then you'll have this problem. They'll say, okay, we're not going to have the state government mandate masks or vaccines. But but the problem with that, as you well know, there's the soft mandate and the bullying, which is, well, okay, if I work for a state government for a living, maybe I won't have it. But they'll they imbue in society, they've created this imbalance where the free market wouldn't have done this, but now you have the companies will do it, the the medical schools, law schools, general colleges sometimes, certainly hospitals, and you know organ transplants, all this discrimination. And then I want to add one final point that I have in Maryland now where it's the biggest thing that affects me. You can't find a doctor. Uh, so a pediatrician or an OBG, because now uh, since the the Cures Act in 2016, there's this G- pharmaceutical jihad against pregnant women. They're just pounding them, and an OBG will say, "You cannot be in my practice." What What do you do with that? Uh, it's a great point, um, and, and your and I think your overarching point is, if government just got out of the business of vaccines, masks, they got out of that business. And the market forces worked as they normally would. Private employers wouldn't require this stuff. Sure. The private, you know, nobody, doctors wouldn't be kicking their patients out. Social media companies wouldn't be throwing people off their platform. They want people on their platform. They want more eyeballs. Doctors want more clients. All of these businesses, big companies want, don't want to fire their good employees. None of these companies would be doing these things but for the, 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 you know, the pressure from various ways from government. I agree with you. And, and to me, I mean, the ultimate solution is you got to get government out of this business. You've got, you know, the pharma industry is making hand over fist billions of dollars. Let them promote their own product. Let yeah. them do what they do with cars. Why the heck do we have billions of dollars of taxpayer money flowing to federal health agencies and state health agencies to also promote the product? I thought regulators were there to protect consumers, the opposite. Yeah. We have a situation where they work hand in hand. Uh, that all said, nonetheless, nonetheless, I don't think the solution, you know, is, is two wrongs make a right. You know, we want to re- reduce government involvement. And so some might say, you know, well, what if, you know, if the government's already, you know, pressuring in this way, so now we need more laws 
forcing private businesses to not do these things. I, 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 those, type of, those type of approaches concern me. To me, at the end of the day, it's market solution. If your OBGYN is saying you got to do this and wants to throw you out, good, go. Go to some place that will respect your rights. And if enough people do that, a market will form for it. I always, I'm always surprised when we get phone calls at my firm from people who want to go, who want to sue their, you know, a private school or their private local doctor to force them to take their kid, you know, to, as, a, as a patient or as a student. Why give them your money? Why? So a private why, school, I understand, that's very much off the beaten path. Like, okay, don't pick that. But part of the problem people have is that the government funds every medical specialty with the vaccine promotion. So you saw the College of OBGYNs and pediatricians and, and down the pipeline. So they've monopolized it to the public square to a point where in a lot large swaths of the country, you can't find a doctor. A school is a little different. Um, you know, you pick an oddball, you know, private school. I, I understand that. But I'm just saying what they've done is they've turned the screws on a lot of people to the point where try finding getting an organ transplant like it, it it's a big big problem so at some point i think public accommodations do need to be harnessed and you know applied evenly yeah i so i mean uh, so why don't we just take this super quick one by one on organ transplants which where we get calls for all the time there are states by the way that are very accommodating now if you go to texas you go to florida though you you can get organ transplants so yes again it's a market. It's, it's, in some ways, it's, it's a it's quasi-government market-driven thing where, fine, you don't want our business up there in New York or in Michigan, so you go to a state where you can't get the organ transplant without an issue. Now, I know it's not that simple. We've been involved with those situations. But if it's something that you know is an issue from the get-go, you can, you can you know, pick the center you're going to work with from the start. Um, but it certainly is the far more difficult of the, of the scenarios. I agree in that regard. But for most everything else, if you're, you know, if you're just looking for a pediatrician, for your child, you know, there, I, I'm, I think it's a very rare place in America. You know, most states have naturopathic doctors that, that NDs where that can, many of them can even prescribe, you know, doc, medicine, just like an MD or a DO. But many states have um, all types of, you know, uh, doctor networks that if you really look for them, you'll find them. They don't publicize themselves precisely because they don't want to get attacked. But um, we work with doctors all across the country on various issues. And, um, you know, rare is there uh, an, a, an area or geographic area that's so, that doesn't have anybody who is um, who's awake to these issues and, and respects rights. I think that if you look, for the most part, you'll find it. And if, you know, and if it's really not there, um, it's, uh, it's, it's it, you know, enough people band together, you can make a difference um, where you spend your dollars. Sure, sure. No, I mean, obviously, and anyway, we need a more robust support around just the, the basics that you're going after. A lot of states, we still haven't gotten that down straight up, no mandates. In other words, even where we're able to ban mandates, it was often over only the COVID shots. If we would have tried to throw in anything else, boom, we couldn't get the support. Um, so we certainly have a lot of room to grow. So what, what are some of the other areas you're looking, the types of legislation that you're prioritizing now? Um, so uh, th there's a few bills um, that we've, we we're promoting at the moment. Um, uh, you know, one is that um, is, is something called we call the Vaccine Confidence Act, <laughs> and the idea behind this the Vaccine Confidence Bill and the idea behind this bill is that um, you know uh, 
state legislatures tell you and state health departments that vaccines are safe and effective. Don't worry, get the shots. And so what this does is, and then they say that, well, religious exemptions are a problem, you know, and what does religion have to do with objecting to or philosophical exemptions? And so what this does is it basically creates what I would call a scientific basis to always have an exemption. And what it says is essentially this. It says, look, if there is a mandate in, in your state for a vaccine of some kind, whatever it is, by the government, whether it's at school or some other environment, you always will have an exemption if, if the products available, the vaccine products available to meet that mandate don't meet certain minimum requirements like a placebo controlled trial for mm. at least one year of safety review or and two, you can sue the manufacturer for harm. And then there's two other conditions. That's it for that. The that the the benefits have been shown, proven to outweigh the risks and that the risks have been disclosed. That's it. Those four simple things. And if those don't exist, you should always be able to opt out. And the reason that we want to get this exemption in the law is that once it's in the law later, it is going to be very hard to then are then you can argue on the substance, on the merits that they try to repeal it, because then it's not about arguing about religion or philosophy. It is. I wait see a what second. you mean. You want to wait. You want to repeal this exemption that says that, you know, you have an exemption if these products don't meet certain minimum safety requirements. Why would you want to do that? And why would any legislature not want to enact this now? And what that does is it takes this thing out of a philosophy, religious conversation, which is where they always want to go and into a scientific discussion where the parents often want to go. Ironically, it's it's the parents, it's those who are knowledgeable about these products. They want to talk about this substance. They want to talk about it. They it's know the trial data that you right. talk about all the time that I, right. I was unaware of my entire <laughs> life and most people were, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, now I'm yeah. following it with RSV and I'm thinking you guys could out in the open show more preterm births and neonatal deaths in yeah. the GSK trial, and they aborted it. GSK is not doing the pregnancy shot. And then Pfizer could come along with the same thing, so much so that GSK is suing them for patent infringement. And then, and they also show the same safety signal in their trial. And it's like, boom, sales through ASIP, sales through Verbeck. It, 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 every OBG is pushing. I'm like, this can't be happening. And it just yes. does. And, and you wouldn't know. I talked to members of Congress. They wouldn't know. Why would they know? They don't follow this stuff. So what I like about your approach is you're basically calling their their bluff. They're like safe and effective. So you're like, all right, well, if it's safe and effective, you can do it. But, you know, you'd have a placebo-controlled trial that you didn't, uh, um, you know, vaccinate three days later or a month later like they often do and don't keep a control group. And and let's let's see what happens. So, again, where can people find yeah. these bills? Um, they can find these bills on ICANLegislate.org. And so the model bills are there. We have a, for each bill, there's actually a map. And the map will show where it's being worked on, introduced, where it has been introduced, and, ho and hopefully where it's been passed. Um, you know, we're obviously earlier days. Um, you, know, if you're, if you, you know, if you work with the legislature in your state and you are, um, you know, or, or, or you just want to meet with your local representatives and show them these bills, please do that. That's you know, it happens on the ground level. I hear from state legislative reps all the time. It's amazing how, how few constituents uh, come to meet with them. And when they do, they, they want to listen. Oh, wow, somebody from my district has shown up in my office and wants to talk about something. They're happy to talk to. 
you know, some of the other, uh, and I can go through one or two of the other bills if you'd like as well. Sure, sure. Um, for, first, just a political question, which I know you probably don't like of all things, but it's an 800-pound gorilla in the room that anyone who does this knows. And it's it's shocking and very sad. You said you had a few hundred people who signed this medical liberty pledge. Could I ask you, um, how many of those were Democrats? I believe there's one Democrat. Okay, well, um, well, that's one more than I thought, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> what what do what do we do with that? Because you know, I saw you're trying to operate in Connecticut and a few other states. It's like I don't know how you even get a foothold because I'm having a hard enough time in the red states. Well, so here's my perspective on that. Okay, uh, we've been doing this work with regards to mandated medicine long before COVID, long before it was even considered kind of, you know, in any way acceptable in any <laughs> circles. Um, and so, you know, back when we started doing this in 2000, I mean, 16, I mean, depends on, on, on long before COVID. And um, it, 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 there was no party that you, you know, accorded to this right. But none of them said, oh, yes, this is an important right. Oh, yeah, you know, the, the idea that if you don't want a medicine and but you can't leave, your, you, you can't go to school, you can't go to work, you can't get a job. You can't get on a plane. You can't, I mean, nobody said that, that, Oh, that's important, but at least there's at least one part of the political spectrum now does understand the importance of that COVID has brought that into focus. So, you know, you may say, well, only one party is signing on to this for the most part right now, but that's great. From my perspective, it's better than nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I probably would have, you know, stayed away from you thinking I'll get AIDS just from you being in the room with me. You know, that's that's what we were convinced. And then and then, you know, COVID, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. And then but emotionally, we wanted to land to have a soft landing and say, all right, but, you know, that's a new thing. And then you're the most uncomfortable person to talk to about this stuff, because you you shatter that emotional stability with that 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 we always lived in a, in a in a good world and like well actually you know all these other trials they didn't have placebo they didn't have this they all have problems well great where does that leave us um but but that that's the thing you're right i mean in terms of covid mandates republicans have been pretty warm to that the problem is when you start throwing in the other shots then they get very leery they they just don't want to touch it um they they don't want to hear about it, and I think that's where we need to do do some more work. Um, before we sew up, what, what what's one or two other important things people need to know you're doing? Sure, on that just last point, if I may, look two two, two quick things about it. First of all, when we talk about the, all the other shots, for the most part, we're just talking about five or six other shots that are required for school, and it's typically what's mandated. Now, uh, of those uh, shots. Three of them don't stop infection transmission. Well, I've got a presentations on ICANN.org, all the evidence, CDC <laughs> documentation. They're, they're just like COVID shots. They don't stop infection transmission. There's nothing controversial about that. It's, in fact, it's, it's more controversial on the COVID vaccine than it is for those other ones. It's just, you know, CDC, WHO, they all know it. They all recognize it. It's in the literature. One of the other of these of the six, um, it doesn't it, it, it have be. You don't in a school setting, you're not transmitting happy because you're not needle sharing unless you're needle sharing, and having sex in a classroom while school. Well, you know, it, it, it so it really just leaves two shots that actually can have uh, an effect on infection transmission, which is MMR and chickenpox. So, you know, it's not like there's all these other vaccines that prevent infection transmission. There's two. And there's a lot to understand about those like the chickenpox vaccine. Actually, after you get it, 
um, you can actually transmit chickenpox, the, the, the Zoster virus and the vaccine for six weeks. But yet we don't exclude children from school during that period. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, to protect the, the vulnerable, as they claim, because the reality is that a child who's truly vulnerable to chickenpox or anything else, they're vulnerable to the 15, you know, the over 1000 other known pathogens. They're not in school. But let's just put all that aside. The last thing I'll say about it is this. Yes, there are mandates for these things, but there's an exemption, a check the box exemption. In my view, that means it's there's not really a mandate because a mandate with a check the box exemption is a mandate, no mandate. So, you know, and that's true, by the way, for most of the country. So, yes, there are mandates. Yes, we don't want the mandates um, in and of themselves. But as long as there's a, an, a way to opt out, then, you know, and I think that's part of to, to give. I think when you meet a lot of these you know, legislative reps, whether Republicans or Democrats, to the extent there is that exemption, I, I don't know if they feel the need to get rid of the mandate because yeah. there's an exemption. So I'll leave it at that. Um, as long as it's a plenary mandate, because some of them really want to limit it, you know, but as long as it's a broad mandate that you could practically use, right. uh, exemption you could practically use, sometimes it's not worth fighting the extra political mile for the principle of the mandate right. because they just you just don't have the support. People just live their lives. That's all. I'll leave them alone. Um, uh, some of the other stuff we're working on, I'm, you know, I could quickly mention, and these are, I guess, uh, we have, uh, you know, some other model bills, for example, and I think this is a super simple one. It's one sentence. It should be, to me, it's low-hanging fruit for all red states um, because it, it really is, it's about market forces. It is, if there's no liability, if you can't sue the manufacturer for, for an injury, mm. for a product, for any product, it's not specific. If you can't sue them for a death or serious injury, then no state organ can mandate it. That's it. I mean, that should be the simplest, easiest <laughs> bill to pass because what it's saying is that, look, if the market force that normally apply to assure safety aren't there, you shouldn't be able to mandate it. We have um, another bill that uh, seeks to remove the revolving door between, between industry, pharma, and, um, and regulators. It provides that if you have worked for you know, a health department, the FDA regulatory agency at the federal or state level or local level, you cannot then go work for a pharmaceutical company um, that was in any way regulated by that agency. Mm. Again, seems seems basic. Um, you know, it's it's it, 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 it lives people choices. It's forward looking. So for those who are already doing, you know, working in these agencies, they didn't know it wouldn't be fair to impose this on them. But for all those future, quote unquote, public health leaders out there, you know, they'll know you got to make your choice. Either you're working for the people that you're supposed to regulate or you're working for the people that are supposed to regulate them. But you make your choice. You don't go in and work for the government to then go make a ton of money by flipping over to industry, which is what happens. Um, we have another bill in here that I, I kind of a fun bill, and then I'll move off these bills. And it provides this. I think you'll appreciate this, Daniel. It, it provides that it, no member of any legislative body, so if they pass it in the state, nobody in that legislature can <clears throat> vote to mandate any medical product unless they have gotten the full regiment that they are seeking to mandate of that same product. <laughs> so you want to give an R, you want to mandate an RSV shot? Great. You got to go get those shots first. And until you do, you can't vote to acquire it. The final thing I'll point out, and to me, this is really, I mean, this is uh, maybe the most important part of what we're doing at I can legislate. The simple, you know, the, 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 the home run solution is we have an amendment a constitutional amendment that we have on the ICANN legislate website. It's intended to be introduced in states because that's where most mandates yes. come from, not the federal yes. government. 
the mandate, the, the, the amendment, I'll read it to you, is super simple. It's one short sentence. It says, no law may require or coerce a person to receive or use a medical product or impose a penalty or deprive a benefit for refusing a medical product or refusing to disclose whether a person has received the medical product. That's it. That's the whole thing. And the way that I'm hoping, the way mm. that we're hoping this thing ends up in states is by referendum. Yes. Referendum. You get the yes. people. I just talked the about people. it before you came on. Yes. I have a little different version I had in West Virginia, Iowa, and the Dakotas. It was broader than yours, but I would compromise down to yours. I add in public accommodation, but but I, I agree with what you're doing. Ultimately, only that's going to be passed. But you get the people themselves to vote yeah. on their own freedoms. And look, the reality is that you know, whenever you talk about a federal constitutional amendment, it's like, okay, it's a joke. But if you talk about it in the states, I mean, look, in some of these states – um, Republicans have, you know, five to one majorities, three to one majorities. If, if, you know, most of the Republicans support it, you do vote it out to the, to referendum. And then usually it's 51%. Some might need 60, but usually 51%, you pass it. That's terrific. Do you have any states where you already started that? Yeah. So, um, on the, uh, uh, on the, I can legislate page for the constitutional amendment, you'll see three states where this is already being worked on. Um, in Arizona, uh, Utah, and Pennsylvania, we are uh, working very diligently in those states already to try and get this um, on the on the on the ballot for a referendum. And obviously, we'd love to see that in every state to get that work done. Because once that is, if that becomes part of the state constitution, you don't even need any of these other bills. I mean, that will yep. entrench this right. Yep. Um, and, and yeah, that is exactly. the vaccination. We need a, a real, but not a fake <laughs> one that actually works, you know, not a negative efficacy, antibody dependent disease enhancement, but one that actually does stop the, the, the pathogen of, of tyranny here that we like, how could we go through the last few years and just walk away and not inoculate ourselves historically when you had gross constitutional violations, human rights violations, we would go and do constitutional amendments. And the states, I, I do believe it is possible. You vote it out to the people. Um, we have that ability to do it. Uh, and, and man, th this is just what the doctor ordered. I can legislate, um, again, Siri, LLP, uh, dot com for the you know individual law firm, people that have individual uh, vaccine injuries, injecting freedom substack, Aaron Siri, uh, SG, Aaron C or SG on Twitter. Aaron, boy, I, I don't know how you have a much, you know, this much time in the day, but thanks for spending it with our audience. Thanks for what you do. And I, I can guarantee we'll be in touch very soon. Thank you. Take care. God bless. So, folks, again, Aaron Siri, very, very important work. Obviously, you heard there, you know, I, I know he he's very strongly foolproof libertarian. So he just likes to go like just don't mandate. Um, and and ideally he's right that. If at a federal level you weren't marketing, funding it, and absolving them of liability, you wouldn't have these other problems. But because we have to do that at a federal level, until we do, we don't have an avenue. I am in support of, as I said before, Aaron, going much stronger. But here's the deal. We're not even doing that level successfully in most states. So I welcome their work. We need their expertise and their organization to help at least with that much. Um, strategically, I mean, that's often what we – are going to get, but you know, you got to start out stronger and, and we are starting at least with the COVID ones. We definitely need to make sure we get in private. Um, and in Florida, they did all COVID, all EUA, all MRNA, public, private hospital, you name it. 
Um, and even the non-COVID shots, they do have a pretty robust medical exemption there. So, you know, that these are some of the things. If you have questions, let me know. Daniel Horowitz at StarMail.com. We're going to spend a lot of time on this uh, in, in all these states. The constitutional amendment, getting that on the ballot. Oh, man, is that going to change things? Um, Aaron shares my vision. Again, he is a, a little bit different. I throw in public accommodation, discrimination. Um, but ultimately, you might have to compromise and take that out. And and he has, he has a great version, too. Uh, we will definitely be supporting that and similar measures. I'll keep you updated next week on the speaker's fight. We'll see. Ultimately, we just got to focus on the budget battle. Whoever wins, um, we got to just make the best of it and keep the pressure up. Uh, obviously, we cannot back down based on certain people's sensibilities and, and things like that. There's also a lot going on on the border wall with Biden now building a border wall. Um, there's a lot of news on that front. The border is becoming a red herring. The border wall is a red herring. It's all about state deportation. States need to be able to deport. Josh Hawley has a bill empowering states to deport. I think rather than putting our capital into the wall or even HR2 with asylum, just go straight for state deportation. That should be the ask. That's the only way to really get this done and change the game. I'm going to you know, elaborate on that more next week, but we're out of time. Hope you guys have a terrific family-oriented weekend. What a productive week. I got so many great ideas from you guys through your emails. Again, Daniel Horowitz at StarMail.com. Till tomorrow, or till Monday, rather. God bless y'all, and thank you for listening. 